Hey church, welcome back to the Relationship Series, week number three. This is my lovely wife, Tammy, who I'm super glad to have with us this morning, um, or whenever you're watching this. We've done this Relationship Series every year that I can remember for the past so many years, but boy, it couldn't be any different uh, this year with the pandemic and all that. Uh, but I will say this, it might be the most applicable year for Relationship maintenance because the pandemic is uh, stressing us all out. It's stressing us out. <laughs> uh, yeah, everywhere we look, um, and, and we've covered this in the first few weeks, um, we don't have the same resources to do relationships. Nobody's on their game. Um, the, it's just, it's a challenge. So you're not alone if you're struggling and we are super happy you're leaning into this yeah, time, into this series. Sure. We're trying to be as practical as we can, as open as we can, as honest as we can, try to share our lessons with you so maybe you don't have to re-learn them yourself. But um, appreciate you leaning into this opportunity, spread it around, tell your friends, like, listen, everybody's struggling, everybody needs the yep. help. And we are also modeling something else that's happened during the pandemic as well. What's that? We're wearing the same clothes. Three weeks in a row. We are committed to staying focused on this relationship series so we haven't showered, <laughs> we haven't changed, nothing for three weeks or we recorded them all in the same day. One of the two. All right, um, this week, the first week we covered the foundation, which is? That uh, God's perspective on relationships is the only place from which we as believers are going to have healthy relationships, whether that's with covenant relationships or friends or family or coworkers or neighbors, that that's our best life. And if we try to do relationships from the world's perspective of uh, relationships are meant for my happiness, relationships are meant to make me feel good, relationships are meant for, you know, just whatever I want them to be for, they're not gonna work. So God's foundation for the relationship. Meant for my transformation. For my transformation. They're not transactional. Yeah. Relationships are there to grow you up, to mature you, to develop you. That's, they're God's tool. The harder they are, actually, the more God can use it. All right, week number two is sort of the framework on top of the foundation. Yep. Practical tools of forgiveness, communication, and encouragement. Mm -hmm. And this week, we're going to tell you about the two things that can blow your house down and tear out the entire foundation and rip the whole thing out. It's just going to be a blast telling them about <laughs> the worst possible things that could that happen. The uh, biggest saboteurs to relationships. And it reminds us of Matthew 7 when Jesus was talking about the wise and foolish builders. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like the wise man who built his house on the rock. We're talking about the foundation that God offers us in Christ about doing life and relationships his way. Yeah. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like the foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Going to talk about that. Yeah. The context for that um, comes just before it. Right. And without that, you can't answer the question, what does it mean to build your house on a rock? Mm -hmm. You might presume that it means to build it on good relationship principles or good whatever. Or, but listen, this, the context straightens it out. Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Right. Let that sink in. Not everyone who calls on the name of Jesus will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of the Father. That, that's Jesus' life was one of doing the will of the Father. So if you call upon Jesus and you don't defer, this is what it means, 
your will to God's will, you're not living in the same kingdom that Jesus is inviting people into. That is the rock, is not my will, and that's why he teaches us to pray, right? Not my will, but thy will be done. When we are living in alignment with God, mm -hmm. when we are living in the mercy of God and the salvation of God in Jesus and in step with the Spirit, right? The will of the Father, rather than our own will, then we were built on a rock. Mm -hmm. So what's the saboteur? What rips well, it apart? It what's the sand? Yeah, it reminds me of where we ended last week, which is that when we're grounded in the Lord, when we're grounded in that place, when that is where we're receiving our identity, when that is, when we're taking God at his word, when we're believing what he says about us in terms of even Psalm 139, that he has made us so intimately. He knows us better than we know ourselves. He created our inmost being. He desires us to be the person that he created us to be. He made us on purpose the way he wanted us. When we're grounded in the reality of literally by definition, we are special, not by feeling, by definition. There will only ever be, ever, 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 ever be one of us created by God on purpose. Do you know what that means? He wants you to be the you that he made you to be. And when we're not grounded in that reality, when we're looking to the left and the right, when we're insecure about who he's made us to be, and so that means we're looking to the left and the right and looking all around this world for who am I supposed to be? I should be better. I should be more this. I should be more that. Then we are not on the yeah. solid rock of Jesus Christ is my savior. God himself made me for his purposes. I've got to be grounded in who yeah. he made me to be and walk that out. When we are not secure in Christ, when we're not secure in yes. his creation of me, then what happens is we are susceptible to all sorts of relational saboteurs. And so immediately we can tell that we become transactional in our relationships. I give to you to get from you. I mean, how often can many of us confess that we give compliments to get one? Yeah. How often can many of us confess that we give affection to get affection, that right. we give service to get something in return? Yeah. That's a transactional relationship. Those are not sustainable. Yeah. Those are not Christ-centered. Those do not ultimately give us what we want. Yeah, you so can't for, get it. You so can't for get instance, it. if I like beat on Mike, so to speak, as a needle him or like cajole him or like even manipulate him to get him to finally tell me, if I go, Mike, tell me you love me, tell me you love me, tell me you love me and he says I love you does that feel satiating no, no. not to me because, <laughs> because I got him I, I manipulated him to do it it does not feel sincere yeah right and so think about all the ways in which we will tend to do that when we are insecure truly stop even if you have to stop this message right now just to you and, and the Lord and the Holy Spirit just stop and think about all the ways in which you are manipulating and cajoling people to try to bolster your security mm -hmm. it won't work it's not going to work we do it sexually we do it in a myriad ways and it doesn't work yeah it might for a second mm -hmm. it might for a second I mean, good circumstances, good emotions, good uh, endorphins, they're yeah. like spiritual sugar. They last for a second, sure. Yeah. Yeah. They do not, they're not, it's not like spiritual protein. Yeah. And so that's what happens when we're not 
grounded. We are susceptible to relational saboteurs like transactional relationships yep. where we're looking to get and not to give. A second one, when we are not secure in the foundation, when we are not secure in Christ, when we do not have our security in the Lord, when we're not grounded, when our identity is not so solid I in Christ. I would add this word, dependent upon him. Great. Right? Yeah. When you said, when you said he created you to be you, mm -hmm. the you that he created you to be is not an independent you. Yes, dependent upon him. It's dependent. That's the thing that we forget is we get our sustenance. We get our fulfillment. We are dependent upon him yeah. for our identity, for our rock. Without that dependence, then we're, now we're grabbing and all that. Yeah, so, that's awesome. Yes, yes. So. And when we are not dependent upon him, we are meant to be in dependent relationship with him. We are meant to be in that symbiotic relationship with him. So we're going to look for it somewhere. So then what we start to do, we're susceptible to this. And I know you know it. You could probably guess it. Yep. Comparison. Comparison. We start to compare. Yeah. I mean, it is the bait of our society. Right. All the time. And 2 Corinthians 10, 12 says, when they measure themselves with themselves and they compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. It's the stupidest thing we can do. And yet, who have you not even compared yourself to today? Social media is like a comparison like grist mill. Yeah. Malls are like comparison like factories. I just can't, you know, you pick up a magazine. It's like a comparison like right. you're walking into a comparison like booby trap. I, I, I just literally, you know it, you know it, yeah. you know it. And yet, it, it immediately removes you from the solid foundation of the unique creation of God that he made you to be. And immediately you're sizing up, am I better, am I worse? Yeah, comparison goes nowhere good. It kills. It goes only one of two places. You look across the room and you see somebody and if, you're, and if you look down at them, mm -hmm. you're immediately wrong. Right. You're devaluing them. And, but you feel better because mm -hmm. they aren't as good as you, mm -hmm. right? That's so judgmentalism. That's, so that's horribly wrong. Mm -hmm. If they're better than you, you immediately start thinking about how to knock them down. Or you just devalue yourself and then you're disempowered. And that's where we talked oh, about right, last time right. is you're so insecure, then you won't move in the power yeah, of God that is inside I'm you. Because I'm not as good as I'm them. not as good yeah. as you and I don't matter. And, you right. know, right. Yeah, it goes nowhere good. Exactly. Comparison kills and period. It also kills when Good you start looking at... Comparison kills. It also kills when you start looking at any relationship that you have. Why is that friendship better? They seem to be better friends than I am with this person yeah. here. Or especially when yeah. we've got like a marital relationship. Right. You and I, everyone knows that what we do is we take the best part of this relationship and the best part of that relationship and then we look at our relationship and we compare it to the best parts of everybody else's relationship. Yeah. It's the dumbest thing to do and yet it, we become so susceptible to that right. when we are not grounded in. God has made me unique. God has made every relationship that I'm in totally different, totally meant to be unique and separate and different from all the other relationships that are around me. Yeah. Comparison is basically, uh, it is walking into uh, a relationship with uh, a handshake relationship with evil. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it's hard not to do. Like, I don't like, how do you even not do it? Like you almost have to close your eyes. That's the truth. Um, you have to be very intentional about what you expose yourself to and what you don't expose yourself to. Yeah, I don't For think sure. you can. I almost think, I almost want to say that you can't not compare, but as soon as you do, you have to take that to the Lord. You have to do something with it. You sure. know, it's like, it's so hard. I mean, I immediately I look across and I just think, wow, he's so much better than I am. Right. You know, right. You just automatically. And you think, okay, that's the problem right there. No, no, he's not. He's made unique, like you said, and I'm mm -hmm. made unique. It's mm -hmm. like, you've got to just come back from mm -hmm. that. 
Um, yep. Yeah, it's a it is a trap. It really and another is. and yes, yes. So let that speak. Yeah. However, to you and your soul. Yeah, and so the next relational saboteur that insecurity makes us susceptible to is that even the beautiful personality differences, the beautiful differences of all kinds uh, become threatening to us. Yeah. Instead of be, being able to appreciate differences as so neat, so lovely, something that God designed, and being able to be intrigued by the differences of personalities, of culture, of preferences, all of it, of race, of mask wearers and non-mask wearers, of all the different kinds of differences that we have as people. No, no, no. When we are not securely grounded in Christ, then what happens is difference becomes threatening. Yeah. And that leads to all sorts of bad places. Divisive, really. As many yeah, of us you start to are experiencing yeah. right now, right? Yeah. yeah, even things as simple as, you can see it, because some of you have, you, you are one of these. Something as simple as being an external processor versus being an internal processor. You know, God made those differences, right? And so if you're secure, and let's say you're uh, an external processor, but you have a friend that's an internal processor or a spouse that's an internal processor, if you are insecure and you're an external processor and you are in a relationship with an internal processor, when they are quiet, that is not a place of security for you. You're like, yeah. what's the matter? Did yeah. I offend them? Are they mad at me? Uh, and you start like decompensating rather than just being secure in, oh, I get it. That's who God made them to be. Yeah. And they're just processing right now. Yeah. So you keep restating this. And I just want to go back to it to make it clear. The transactional relationships, comparison, mm -hmm. and, differences. and differences are things that come about as a result of the first saboteur of a foundation, which is thinking Right, thinking you're rooted in Christ, but you're actually not. You're insecure. insecure. You're not actually you're rooted. insecure. You you should be. We should be in Christ, secure in who we are. We have it. He's given it to us. Yeah, we He's are. He's given it like to us. Like you said last week, you have the power to yes, be an you encourager. Do. You do. Um, you you should have the humility to be transformed and to learn from other people and all that. But if you only think you're rooted in Christ. So then it's almost like a flag. When you find yourself comparing. Sure, it works both ways. Being divided. Yeah, sure. You can kind of start to realize, wait a minute, my spiritual foundation is, is faulty here. Sure. Or, or That's looking at the fruit and it's telling you about the root. Yeah, it yeah. can go either way. You or if you not, know you're not rooted, the fruit is going to be comparison, et cetera. It can go either way. Your house is not built on a rock. You only think it is. Mm -hmm. And you can see it because you're comparing Differences are dividing. Differences are threatening you're, to you. Threatening relationships are transactional. You're trying to get. You're not giving. Mm -hmm. you're, right. you're, you're anxious about right. how you look and what people are thinking, mm -hmm. and it's like, oh my gosh. And everybody else's relationships are. You know, you're yeah. comparing your relationships. You're not. To you're them. not on the rock. Yeah. Yep. Right. 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 So, so we're going to kind of take a little bit of a turn here, and it, and it goes back to that passage that we started uh, with Matthew seven, and this is more about. Okay, so. If you're not building your house on the rock, but you're building on the sand, this is what we're talking about, yeah. the second one. Yeah. And it is this, that if you are not rooted on Christ, but you're rooted on... Something else. It's mm -hmm. going to be you, mm -hmm. self. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's all, it's all about you now. And so that is pride. 
Yeah, that's pride. We're going to talk about pride. Pride is a house killer. It's a relationship killer. It's an everything killer, according to yeah. uh, the word of God. God is very, very clear in his scriptures that, that pride brings destruction in relationship and distance from God. He detests it. Proverbs 11, Proverbs 16 both cover that. It's everywhere. It's, it's everywhere. Yeah, right. give us some of those verses. Yeah, well, 11, 2, when pride comes, then comes disgrace. Mm. Um, it's Proverbs 16, 18, pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're building on sand. If you're not building on the rock, you've got to build on yourself, mm -hmm. which means build yourself up, yep. exaggerate who you are, mm -hmm. <clears throat> cut other people down. And it's just, a, it's, a, it's a recipe for destruction. So it we doesn't, can- It doesn't work. You don't get what you want. And- so we can actually put together this reality that if you are struggling in your relationships, likely pride is at work somewhere. I would think if you're breathing. <laughs> right, Charles breathing. Spurgeon says pride is busy in the human heart. Yeah, you can't sure. escape it. You, yeah. you, you, your natural tendency is going to be put yourself at the center yeah. and, and find your security in what you do, mm -hmm. who you are, yeah. how what you've, you've arrived, right? what you've accomplished. I mean, it, mm -hmm. it's very tempting it's really an issue of trust. Are you going to trust yourself mm -hmm. for who you are, that you can build yourself, that you can convince every, or are you going to, again, we keep going back to the actual foundation. Are you going to trust God that he has made you special for a purpose with a particular yeah. idea? I mean, yeah. So pride and humility. Pride is massive. Pride and humility cannot coexist. Yeah, Proverbs 11, 2, I didn't even read the whole thing, says when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Yeah, there we which go. Which is life. Yep, there we go. Yeah. So, Mike, you know how you know when pride is losing its grip. Do you know how you know when pride is losing its grip? So, the assumption you're making is I'm prideful. Okay, I hear that. Oh, no, no, it's just a question. <laughs> when it's losing its grip. Just a question. <laughs> So yes, of course, um, I feel pro I'm proud and prideful. When I can feel pride slipping away is when I am loosening my own grip on self-preservation. That's exactly right. right. So When we release control of our life. Yeah, so for those of you who are like, I'm not sure I struggle with pride, but I have a control issue. Well, guess what? Pride and control are related. Someone said to me once, do you struggle with pride or does it come easy for you? <laughs> I was like, huh, that's good because it's like you are prideful. Yeah. Period. Everyone, it's everyone. offered to everyone. It is truly a universal satanic bait. Yeah. But back to the relationship between pride and control. So you know you are releasing pride. You are walking away from pride when you're letting go of recognition, when you're letting go of hurt feelings when you're letting go of judging, when you're letting go of your need to be right, when you're letting go of always having your own way. Exaggeration, yeah. acclamation, yep. position. Yep. Humility and trust go hand in hand and pride and control go hand in hand. Okay, pride and control. When you're about self, you're gonna need to control, mm -hmm. right? Right. What is the other one? Humility and trust. They yeah, go hand if, in hand. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You're not going to trust God without humility. For right. Sure. Yeah. Right. And so. I agree. Well, that's good. 
I just because, was, I was just checking your math there. Okay. Well, good because it's scriptures math in First Corinthians thirteen. Oh, you're going to hide behind scripture. Okay. 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 Well, at First Corinthians thirteen that we've been dipping into, which is the love chapter, um, as we've gone throughout these weeks, First Corinthians thirteen verse four, it straight up says, "Love is not proud," and so y you can't be controlling and um, prideful and be loving. Right. So uh, I think his name is Boyd Bailey, uh, is a devotional that I'm reading right now. And he just sort of went on a riff about this love is not proud. And let me just read you a list that, that I thought was so compelling that he wrote, okay? Okay, do it. He wrote, love listens, pride talks. Love forgives, pride resents. Love gives, pride takes. Love apologizes, pride blames. Love understands, pride assumes. Love accepts, pride rejects. Love trusts, pride doubts. Love asks, pride tells. Love leads, pride drives. Love frees up, pride binds up. Love builds up, pride tears down. Love encourages, pride discourages. Love confronts, pride is passive aggressive. Love is peaceful, pride is fearful. Love clarifies with truth, pride confuses with lies. Love and pride are mutually exclusive. That's good. Isn't that good? And you, you could replace love in those, each one of those with some of the things we've been talking yeah, about. Yeah, right, like right. Trusting God. Yeah. When you trust God, this. Or when, you're, when you live in accordance with the Spirit, this. When, when you, you lay down your life. Jesus, yep. this. When you, when God you, is love, right? So mm -hmm. when you live according to God, when you trust Him, when mm -hmm. you have a foundation of identity in Christ, then these things start to happen. You can't, you can't just decide to be the positive things on that, is my point. Hmm, yeah. You cannot just decide to do those things. It's love, which means you have to be transformed. Love is not natural for us. It's got to be placed there. It's got to be received from God. Yes. You got to be living according to that foundation, that value system. You have to be trusting God and living according to the spirit, then those things are fruit mm -hmm. of that. Yep. Only with that foundation can you build that house. Yep. You can't take that list and go, well, I'm just gonna be all these things. You can, but you'll be doing them for selfish reasons. Right, to, it'll totally be, and, and we're back to transactional. That's right. Love dies with pride, but comes alive with humility. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So all of these things we've been talking about in this message today, all of these saboteurs, all saboteurs to relationship, all saboteurs in the Christian life. I want to be clear. This is a message that we could give, like spend hours on. So I'm just going to say it straight up. They all come from evil. The powers of hell are wanting to actively divide your relationships on every level. Because evil wants to stop you 
ultimately from trusting Jesus, God. Jesus, yep, from trusting yes, God. From following Jesus. Division is his goal. Think about God is so clear in his word about the unity of the body, the beautiful body of Christ. The yeah. eye cannot say into the hand, I don't need you, yeah. right? Where two or three are gathered in my name, there I yeah. am, right? It's like how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. God is so, so clear about the power of when my people are working together, yeah. unified, that 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 is a force that will transform all lives, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And so evil is looking to divide at yeah. every turn, Yeah. right? So we could go into so much about how evil is behind the divisiveness in your relationships, but I just want you to like know that we look behind the curtain and we go, oh, we see who's behind all of this. Certainly, you know that as you look around in our society right now, today, yeah, darkness is everywhere. Everywhere. Evil is looking to divide every relationship you have. From the one in your house, the person sitting even maybe next to you, yeah. the coworker that you have, children and parents, it doesn't matter. It's so discouraging, right? right. These, when these big things happen, you can feel the, the, the initial thrust of unity, right? The 9-11 disaster, you know, uh, right, disaster. right. The first week yeah, days the, after the yep. pandemic, everybody's Boom. everybody's together. And and I don't know if it's because I'm older. I'm just like, just wait. The division just comes. wait. Someone's gonna get. Someone's gonna draw a line in the sand somewhere and start. Aren't you shocked about the things people can fight over? And, and that's think, what oh shows you. On, on, it just shows you the folly of like, oh yeah, that's right. Evil's looking to divide all over the place. So fight for unity. Fight for unity. It's fighting for love. It's fighting for the gospel. It's fighting to be a force that loves greatly. And yeah. so, in Scripture. Yes. Oh, in Scripture. You're, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> it's, uh, it tells us very clearly, like, like, yeah, yeah. Do not be overcome by evil. Yeah. But overcome evil with good. And so we want to go back to remember the things we talked about last week, forgiveness, good communication, encouragement, walk in those things for sure. And so just because we want to keep throwing just for all the different personality types, we're going to throw just another little list at you, which is like a little, little teeny toolbox like list of like questions for those of you that are like, I mean, I want to do good, but I don't quite know how. Listen, if you ask anybody in any kind of relationship that you have a question off of this list every day of your life, like it'll be amazing just because you're wanting to do good. You're saying, I wanna overcome evil with this good list. Here is a list that we'll provide for you on the screen and hopefully elsewhere. Here you go. How have I hurt you recently? How can I bless you this week? It would make me feel loved or lift my spirits if we could fill in the blank. Here's something life-giving I need this week. What is something life-giving you need? How can I pray for you? What do you sense God's sort of talking to you about in your life? What made you feel loved this week? Or what, what has uh, made you feel encouraged this week? What is something that you're worrying about or kind of fearful of and don't want to be? How is God meeting you in your life right now? If you could just even ask anybody, a friend, a kid, a, a spouse, anyone, any of those questions, it doesn't matter what their answer is. It doesn't matter how they respond. The asking is the blessing. 
the saying to their soul, like, I just want to inquire about your soul. I just want to try to bless you. I'm just trying to overcome evil with good. I'm giving. Yeah. I'm not taking here. I'm just giving. Yeah. It's a great list. So good I, list. Good list. It's a good list. And so we just want to encourage you at the end of this series yeah. to go back to 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. If you are trying at all, and you are, because look, you're, you're here at the end of the relationship series. You're here continuing to soldier on in Christ. We want to encourage you with this very simple verse that you've probably heard at some wedding. You've probably read in scripture, but we just want to pull it out and so encourage you with this truth today. Love never fails. If you're trying anything loving, yay, it's, it's working. <laughs> You're succeeding. Love. A plus. It, like it, it, just, just think about this. It can't Love fail. never fails. Never. So if you're trying to have the intention of loving someone, even if they rebuff you, doesn't matter. It's working. Love is not failing. It's, it's working. working. Love by definition. If the intention is loving, it's not failing. In the spiritual realm, it's working. It might work in the physical realm, and that's just a bonus, Yeah. right? So if you are trying to be obedient to love, the results are in God's hand. Failure isn't an option for love because love can only succeed. Even if you don't seem to be getting the desired results, if you're seeking to love, success is guaranteed. So love a friend with a hard heart, and you're successful. Love in your marriage, and you're successful. Love in your speech and your behavior, and you're successful. Love a wayward child, and you're successful. Love a rude neighbor, and you're successful. You see, it doesn't matter yeah. what the outcome is. Yeah. If your heart and your intention is to love, yeah. it's successful because love never fails. Be encouraged. If you have to close your eyes and close your ears to keep loving, well then do it. Yeah. Because we have to stop looking um, for outcomes that are worldly outcomes. Mm -mm. Yeah. You trust what God says in his word. You do it. If your intention and your heart and your spirit and your desire is to love, it's working. Yeah. It's winning. It's successful. And to one of your, one, I think one of your best points in the whole series, do not fall prey to the fact that you can't do it. Yeah. That you don't have what it takes to be a person of encouragement and love. I'm gonna, I'm gonna finish with this. Were you done? Yeah, you yeah. Have, yeah. I'm gonna finish with this from 2 Peter chapter one. This will blow your mind. <laughs> His divine power has given us, I'm gonna say you, believer, <laughs> Everything you need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises that, that you will be effective, that you will win, right? So that through them, you may participate I hope you're sitting down in the divine nature. Mm -hmm. The spirit of God lives in the believer. You have all that you need to do and be all that Tammy is encouraging you to do and be because and you are participating.
participating in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world, the way the world wants you to go, caused by evil desires, for this very reason, make every effort. Mm -hmm. Right? This is what Tammy was just teaching. To add to your faith, goodness. Mm -hmm. And to goodness, knowledge. And to knowledge, self-control. And to self-control, perseverance. And to perseverance, godliness. And to godliness, mutual affection. Relationships. Yep. And to mutual affection, love. Yeah. You have been given the power mm -hmm. to make a difference in this world. Go do it. And let relationships be the cauldron through which God continues to change you into the very people he wants you to be. Amen. Amen.